Welcome to Club Management. I'm your host, DJ Shannon, and on this show, we talk to artists, DJs, and industry professionals on how they're changing their community through music. You can listen to the show on any platform like SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. Welcome back to episode 62 of the Club Management Podcast here. I have to say I'm absolutely just astounded by all the wonderful messages, love, support, all of it that I received on the last episode with DJ Noir. I'm just so happy that you guys love these conversations as much as I do. And it was a great reminder of why I do this show. Um, It really should be required homework for you to go back and listen to episode 61 with Noir and episode 60 with Jada Lorraine. They have incredible stories and they continue to carry the torch for black musicians in electronic music. That's why I do this podcast is to make sure that these artists receive their flowers and recognition for everything that they're doing while they're here on this planet to make music and make the world a better place, you know, is to make sure that the contributions of women by POC artists aren't muted, muddled, or erased in this industry. And we've got historic stories. I'm really on a mission to just tell them all. So thank you to anyone who's come on to the show and graced me with your incredible story. Thank you to the people who continue to support this show via Patreon um, and yeah, the sweet messages and everything. I'm in awe. And speaking of black musicians carrying the torch, today I'm happy to share another incredible conversation with two artists who have blown me away with their fiery DJ sets and electric energy. Meet Kyren Witchcraft. The rising DJ duo are a sight to behold behind the decks. Whizzing through thrashing techno, hard house, and booming electronic vocal samples. Kyra and Witchcraft light up the dance floor with their high-energy DJ sets. I've seen the duo play three times now, and each and every last time the pair manage to offer up something unique, and their creative synergy feels timeless and unbound. But what's the secret to their undeniable sauce? I'll let them tell you. But Kyra and Witchcraft have been devoted to the rave since college, where they happen to meet and form an inseparable friendship. Now, big things are exploding for the DJ duo. Kyra and Witchcraft blew people away with their electric performance at Berlin's popular radio station, Whore. And now, the besties have been booked and busy. And it looks like they're gearing up for another Euro tour. I spoke to Kyra and Witchcraft about their early DJ beginnings. They walked me through how they planned their electrifying sets. And the duo shared some exciting developments about their buzzing DJ careers. Well, my day has been good. I was moving yesterday and I was supposed to move on Monday, but it ended up being yesterday. So that's just sort of why I got caught up. I was like, oh shit, I was like mid-move. And like, <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm living in bed now and it's great and I'm happy. I don't have a bed frame or anything yet, but I'm like, ah, my room. I'm so, so happy. I love that. I love that new feeling of like setting into a new place, setting new intentions in that environment as well. I'm all about that. And what about you, Anthony? What'd you do today? Um, so I just got up early. I had like uh, lunch in Manhattan and then I'm at my parents' place in the Bronx right now, uh, just visiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, until uh, Friday. So, yeah. So I'm just hanging out in my mom's little study room. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. That's so cool. I love being with family. I'm actually living at home with mom right now. And, like, honestly, it's the best decision I've ever made. (laughs) You can save a lot of money that way. (laughs) Saving money. I'm getting all the good home-cooked meals. So Exactly. Um, but I'm an, a complete idiot because I didn't realize that you both were making your Good Room debut last weekend. And just looking back at all the damn photos, everything, it looked absolutely chaotic in the best way possible. <laughs> yeah, no, that was absolutely oh, insane. Yeah, that we was... got a lot of messages too, just sort of saying that was the craziest people I've seen Good Room in a, in a little while. And so... Um, and it was just a great set between us two anyway, and to kind of do that at home because we've been traveling a bit. So just kind of to have this really big show at home, we were just like really excited and really hyped up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was, that that show went off. The energy was definitely, hey dad, I'm on a call. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> 
Oh. I'll be out in a second. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> well, however long it takes. <laughs> oh, you guys are so cute. Uh, but yeah, it looked like uh, just a, a, such a, a fun time. And really, I mean, I got to see a microcosm of that moment um, with the show at the Knockdown Center for Wireless Festival. Oh, and yeah. I remember whispering to Courtney, I was like, you know what they're doing up there is not easy to do, you know? Because I think from the outside looking in, if you're not into techno, if you don't know what the history is or anything, for that matter, about the genre, you might think you're just listening to the same kind of, you know, hard thrashing beat over two hours. But you guys are able to inject so much personality, flair. It's almost like you're telling a story when I see you both do your thing behind the decks. Um, and I just want to just applaud you guys for just doing what you do because it's really unique, really unique. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, the, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think as we have a lot of people who are DJs, you know, it feels to maybe our surrounding or inner circle how easy it is or just in general it can feel really easy. But um, I would say lots of people, but specifically me and Anthony, put a lot of ourselves into these shows and a lot of times after our shows like our soul is just sort of depleted and we have to kind of fill our cups up again it is like a huge like mental heart mind soul like is going into these sets that we really have to do a hard reset after most of our shows <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah oh my goodness um, so let's take it back before we kind of reflect on all these incredible nightlife experiences that you both have been creating. How did you meet each other? Um, you want to take this one? <laughs> um, okay, we met, um, I don't know what year it was, but I think I was 15 or something. You might have been 15 or 16 we met. Um, I'm from Brooklyn, New York, and Anthony's from Westchester, upstate, and that year so I think it was the summer after our junior year of high school or something around that time we um, both went to Syracuse University for six weeks because they had this summer at Syracuse University thing for high school students and I think I was there for writing and I think Anthony might have been there for music no I was there for psychology believe oh, it or for not psychology. <laughs> So we were studying there for six weeks and that's just sort of where we met in a, like a week or two in we met and instantly clicked and that's sort of where the friendship started a little, all that time ago and there have been periods we have been off and on just um, like after that um, Anthony moved back to Westchester and I was in Brooklyn so we didn't see each other much for a while but um, once we hit college age and thereafter, and especially after college, we just started hanging out all the time because Anthony moved to Brooklyn. Um, and that was around the time that we started being like really close friends again. Just, it felt like we picked up where we left off. It was just the same old, <laughs> same old two kids. And um, yeah, it was nice. <laughs> it still kind of feels that way. Just seeing those two little kids just hanging out. <laughs> it feels like it feels like that even more now because now we're doing even more crazier shit, you know. So it's like, oh hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And even back then, when you were um, in school, did you have the love for for techno, or what were what were you both listening to at the time? Okay. Um, so I was listening to more. Um, it was like a mix between like rap and metal and like hard rock and stuff like that there was still electronic music in there and at the time i was actually making electronic music as well i had been making music since like 2010 um but it was it was less like techno and house and more like kind of left field um like affix twin kind of stuff what people would call idm i guess um but uh yeah, that's pretty much what I was listening to at the at that time. There are um, like some artists who I actually know who I'm like cool with now, who I was listening to back then. I just didn't really know how to define like techno uh, in that in those early stages. But I, there are definitely some artists that I was definitely listening to that were techno, but it just wasn't something that was on my radar per se. Yeah, I would say. Very similarly, I think I dabbled in electronic music a little bit at the time, but just sort of being an eclectic of music, both 
of my parents and my grandparents are really have always been into music. So just having um, a well-rounded taste was always something that I had. Um, and at the time when I met Anthony, he was, yeah, he was producing and making mostly trap beats from what um, I heard. And um, yeah, I didn't really get into electronic music until around college because I would um, go to like EDM raves. So that's sort of where I got my footing in the scene. Um, yeah, it was kind of first starting out with EDM and then eventually just sort of like naturally finding techno and thinking, oh, this is way better for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fact. It's all interconnected when you think about it anyways. Um, but you meet each other and then when does your interest for DJing start to come into play? Um, so I've been DJing like, you know, like little house parties and stuff like that. Not really on decks, but I had like a Roland SP404SX, a lot of numbers and letters, but um, mm -hmm. it was like, it's like a little beat sampler thing, but you can hook up um, your phone to it, your iPhone or whatever. Um, just throw a whole bunch of like rigging and stuff like that and then you can like play music yes oh sorry <laughs> uh, and then you can play music my uncle's in here and you can play you can play music on it and um, kind of do uh, like transitions not normal transitions but uh, oops, sorry but like, um, like you play a song and then you do like a stutter and then you can switch the song just by like clicking on your phone or I would usually just play on Spotify. Like I just play a song at like a house party and that way I can also take requests and stuff like that. So I've been doing that for a little while. And then um, around 2014, like basically right after I met Kyra, then I got my first pair of like, uh, like Newmark, um, mixed track pro twos um which is like this little plastic kind it's it's really it's really efficient like it works um and i would just hook that up to my computer with serato um and then around that time i got my first ever like show which was in upstate new york at suny new Paul's. um coincidentally boy harsher was also playing that night which is really cool wow. um before they were really big also and then um uh, yeah, and then around 2018, 2019 is when I started learning how to use CDJs. And then the rest is kind of history. Ooh. What about you, Kyra? Um, so I started a little bit later than Anthony. I um, started sort of practicing in my room with a little mixer, like the DDJ. Um, I don't know, maybe 2017 or 2018 or something. Yeah, maybe. Oh, I think it was 2018. And um, but I didn't necessarily want to do anything with it. I just, you know, I really like techno music and I thought I was had a sound that I didn't necessarily hear in the clubs here. Mm -hmm. And so I was just sort of doing it in my room a lot. <laughs> um, and actually how we reconnected was around that time. There was um, so Newtown Radio, they were doing one-on-one um, -on -one sessions for free with their CDJ. So after the radio show ended, um, there would be uh, teachers, which one of them is Masha, who's a great DJ, um, and Lenora, shout out Lenora. But um, so they were DJ, my DJ teachers. And so I would go, I went to a couple of classes because, you know, CDJs before Pirate, it was really hard to get access to them. And so it was really cool to have that space for them. And they would post all of their students on the page. And then um, I was posted on the page and Anthony was like, hey, I live in Brooklyn. <laughs> like, you're doing it now. And we met a few times, hung out a few times before that. And I actually saw before that year, maybe 2016 or 17, I re remember going to see one or two of your sets in Williamsburg. You were playing like, what were you playing? Lot, Lot 45? What was that venue? Um, is Kinfolk. It might have used to be Lot 45, I think. I've heard that name yeah, around a lot. Yeah, and I remember seeing you at Kinfolk. And um, so I did know Anthony was DJing, but my, we didn't like do it together until, because then I started going to techno raves and I went out the country for techno. And when I came back, I started um, playing at Home Social or taking lessons at Home 
Home Social, we met up again because he also was doing a few lessons at Home Social. Mm. And uh, so that's how we met up again. And so I would practice in my room a lot and then Anthony would come over and then we'd just play in my room. And that's sort of, I guess, the beginning of our B2Bs. <laughs> but um, or, um, because how it sort of started in the beginning, it was, um, you know, because Anthony was doing it longer than me. So he'd play a song or, you know, he'd do a transition rather. And then I'd be like, what the fuck did you just do? Let me do it. And so I'd play one song and I'd give it back to him. And then he'd transition to my song and we'd go back and forth like one to one song, which is how our setup is now too, because I know a lot of DJs do two or three songs. Um, but originally, just so I could learn and practice and just sort of see what he was doing, I'd be like, oh, Lord, give, me, give me that shit, let me do it. And so um, that's sort of where it started and we kind of did it, um, uh, yeah, it was just kind of like a bedroom thing and it was really fun. We would just do it for hours all night, just having a blast and feeling really great. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cute. Um, it's funny that you mentioned the Newtown radio sessions. I was just uh, doing a show with Charlie Vinyl um, at Newtown and he was telling me about the DJ classes and how they were so helpful for him and people like yourself. Um, but I really love that. I love that just natural organic energy of just how you two go back and forth during a set. Um, Cause it just feels so refreshing and like you just make the energy so revved up. Um, you did that at uh, the last felt zine. Uh, what was it? The last felt zine party. What was that a couple months back or something that we played, we all played together, but that was just so much fun to see. And you can really see that energy that you two have with one another. So you're practicing in, in the bedroom at what time or at what point in time do you say, hey, let's actually try DJing at a venue? Well, actually, before the pandemic, um, Anthony was doing a lineup at Hollow, like creating the lineup or helping to create the lineup and then was going to have me do it. Um, but not together. We were just going to be on the same lineup. And uh, uh, the pandemic happened. It was literally the day everything shut down. And I was like, no. And I was like, I don't, we don't even know what COVID is. Let's do it. And uh, so then after COVID is when I started really getting booked, <clears throat> you know, during COVID, I got a lot of um, just really true, true fans because the dance floor is closed. And that was just devastating for me. You know, I've always been a raver first and a dancer first. When I was younger, I didn't necessarily play around with music, but I was always dancing. So I was in ballet, I was in hip hop classes throughout my life and I love to dance. And um, it was just very therapeutic and healing for me throughout my entire life. Some, in some ways it would be more toxic than other times. And uh, I had to sort of develop a healthy relationship with raving throughout my life. But um, so I've always had this grand respect for the rave. And so when the dance floors closed, that was just awful. And it just kind of gave me a year or two to just kind of deal with my shit that I've been sort of escaping from because I was using the dance floor as an escape as opposed to um, having a better understanding of why I'm there and what's it doing for me. And so um, during that time when it, the, everything shut down, I was putting up mixes that uh, got lots of views and lot because people weren't out dancing. <laughs> and so, and I did um, meet a few people. There were a few underground raves that I went to. And so a, a bulk of my cherished friends and almost now family were around that time, right before dance floors opened up and right after. And uh, I got a lot of people who were listening to mixes because I think sometimes it can be a little bit hard now for New Yorkers because there's so much, so many different places you can go. So I, I got to develop a fan base during the pandemic. So by the time I had my first shows um, out of the pandemic, I and I was asked to play the reopening of Mood Rings Dance for, mm. um, which generated so much hype. And so, you know, everybody was really excited. So that's sort of what happened as far as how I caught on after when dance was reopened and just there was this big excitement for me being a DJ and, and people like loving it I remember just at house parties you know people would be playing my mixes when I walked in and I was like what the hell is this <laughs> <laughs> and um and then so and during that period when the you know um after the 
people got it vaxxed and dancers opened up. Me and Anthony, since we were friends and just hitting the local circuit, we were on lineups. Um, we did one or two back-to-backs, I would say, you know, maybe three, you know, but there was just, we didn't do it much. We were on a lot of the same lineups because we were friends and friends were curating lineups and it was fun and we were playing techno and, mm-hmm. um, but we didn't play so much live together. And, in my head and a lot of it didn't happen back home where we started getting booked together um until after that her berlin set um the the video set online from berlin when we went together and we got that set and uh that just i think gave people a clue as to, into our energy more. And also I was very careful in the beginning. I didn't want to, I wanted to create a path for myself outside of a man. And so I was also very careful and to some degree of as I was coming up and establishing respect in the scene that I, I can throw down too. Mm. And it's not just um, like a nepotism sort of thing where, oh, she's a hot girl or, oh, you know, she's just this amazing producer and DJ's best friend and that's why so I also was very careful about not always playing with him live and then after Berlin and that set went crazy and I felt I have had established myself as an artist I was like fuck it let's play together all the time like you know (laughs) (laughs) um but that's sort of my view on it um for what sort of happened with transitioning to shows yeah Anthony did you want to chime in with anything the the first back-to-back we did like live i was just like damn like she fucking killed it and then i went up there and like we're playing and i was just like let's just go back to back let's just do it and so we did and then that also went off um but yeah yeah we didn't at first it was yeah it was mostly just like doing sets and like we would we would definitely practice together and like hang out and stuff like that um but yeah it wasn't too much of of getting booked together a lot but yeah she pretty much covered everything (laughs) (laughs) i actually want to talk a little bit more about berlin and how that trip was for you that is a huge thing for any dj going over to europe and and establishing the roots there playing making community there yeah tell me about how that came about um well kyra you go there like almost every summer right kind of yeah, I hadn't since COVID. Um, so I, I go, like, you know, we're going again this summer. And this is, I think, my fifth trip. I, I go, It's just my favorite place to go. It's um, it, once the first time I went there, it was on a, like, a London, Amsterdam, Berlin trip. And I said, you know, let me do that again, but only Berlin. <laughs> um, so I go there a lot. But I know when we did that set together, Anthony was sort of on a mini you were doing stuff in Europe. You kind of set up some stuff in Europe. And then I was go- wanted to go to Berlin at the same time as you because we never went together. And so like we just kind of scheduled together to go to Berlin. But Anthony was doing a few other really cool things there. <laughs> yeah, I had just come out with the uh, I Love Acid EP with um, Host Human. And uh, so I had like a DJ Mag thing scheduled over in London. So I was like, you know what, like if I'm here, you know, might as well, like, hang out, go to a few shows, then go to Amsterdam and just, like, chill and hang out. And then, because I knew you were going to go to uh, to Berlin, I was like, and then I'll just go to Berlin, and that'll be, you know, the the thing to top off the trip. And I had still had a lot of unemployment money, so I was like, yeah, let's do it. Like, let's blow it all, yeah. And then it ended up being, like, really freaking good and, like, really transformative and, like, an absolutely crazy time. And then we got the Herb Berlin set and then... Um, Which was also yeah. just very yeah. out of the blue. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that was out of the blue because um, our friend Jeremy, who runs The Brutalist, had uh, hit me up and was like, oh, like, you're going to be in Berlin. Do you want to do this Herb Berlin set? And I was like, yeah, like, if they have, like, room or whatever. And then they didn't. So I was like, okay, well, you know, like, maybe not this time. And then I was in Amsterdam and then I got a message from Herb Berlin and they were like, Yo, like we someone dropped, like, are you down to do it? And I was like, yes. And then I hit up Tara and I was like, you're doing it with me. <laughs> and then I cried. Oh. <laughs> we didn't even meet up. Yeah, we didn't even meet up yet. And then he flew into Berlin like the next day or two. And, uh, you know, the night before we went to, because they have Pirate in Berlin. And so it was just kind of 
last minute and I couldn't believe Anthony asked me to do it with him <laughs> and so I was so I was also like you know what I'm gonna do it on his terms too I was like what do you want to convey and he's just like I want to go hard I want to go fast I mean we do that a lot anyway but you know <laughs> he was just like I want it you know hard and I want it fast and I said okay and then we went to pirate we practiced for like two or three hours um and we just had some great tracks like in the studio it was just all coming together really easily and so the next day we had it and um oh my god i was so nervous i spilled like i <laughs> i dropped like a beer bottle like we have five minutes i dropped a, a can of beer or a bottle of beer and it shattered and there's beer everywhere and i'm like free right before we walked in and they're like it's, it's fine this literally happens like fucking once a day <laughs> and i was just so nervous and then um and then we started and then it was like, okay, we've seen a million CDJs a million times. Cause also Anthony was just saying, when he invited me, I was like, are you sure you want to do this? He's like, it's, a, it's just a radio show. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, just do it with me. And um, so I was like nervous, but once we turned the decks on and we got started, I was like, okay, this is going to be really fun. And it was just really fun too. Cause we had all of our friends uh, just once our friends caught wind, we were going to Berlin, about 10 to 12 friends booked to Berlin. It was also really cheap at that time. The flights were just especially cheap because it was winter. It was November of 2021. Yeah. Um, so we just had lots of friends just outside of the booth, just cheering us on and really hyped up. And so, uh, and then I remember, I just remember walking out of that booth and just feeling really good about it. And then all of our friends hugging us. And it was great. <laughs> that is so beautiful. Um, I want to actually talk about how you structure your set a little bit. I know that you both uh, said that you, you know, take turns and kind of do one-offs. Um, but is there an intense amount of planning between you two when you do a show? How does it work? How does the magic work? Um, I would say that there there's some planning. I feel like a lot of it is natural, but I feel like in order for us to to make sure that it's natural, we kind of have to be on the same page. Mm. So, you know, the week coming up or like the couple weeks before, we'll send each other tracks and we'll be like, Oh, like what are you thinking? Like let's let's get on the same page. You're like, what do you wanna and then and we have like we're like naturally in tune with like the tracks that we wanna play. Like she'll send something to me and I'll be like got you like I'll, let me send something back and she's like yes like this is good and then we'll send another one back and we'll be like all right bet like let's meet up and practice and then we'll practice and um you know see if we can create like a flow we don't like plan the tracks but we will plan like the vibe or like where we want to go and um and you know a lot of it is also um getting there and seeing what the crowd is like and what if they if they're ready for you know us to take them on a ride or if we have to ease them in a little bit you know <laughs> yeah yeah, it's definitely, um, there is definitely some prepping that goes into each and every show. I mean, maybe occasionally, if something just, if we just couldn't meet up, we'll just kind of bang that show out. But I would say that happened maybe twice. And um, it might be something a little bit smaller and just, you know, the week got away from us. But every set is because it's helpful if I hear his tracks it's how I can be more creative live because I understand what's going on um so a lot of it um there is a little bit of prep I would say mostly we prep to hear the tracks we're not really prepping these transitions a lot of that is really kind of off the cuff but like that improvisation like has come because we've practiced a lot so many countless hours together so um you know, there is like a lot of kind of prepping and getting ready so that we can improvise. Um, and I would say that's a big part of how the magic happens. Because if I hear the tracks and it's like, okay, I know, you know, I know what this track sounds like. I know this vocal. Um, like, I remember in the Horror Berlin set, like I was playing, I was getting this track ready. Um, and it had like this really cool vocals. It was just like ghetto, kush, kush, ghetto, kush. And like I, Anthony's seeing me cue up the track and he knows this track is about to mix into the song he just played. And he's just like, oh my God, oh my God. Like, I can't wait to hear it out loud. And so it does help um, to create that excitement too, to just kind of know what's going on. Cause sometimes I see him looking for track and I'm like, oh yeah, 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 that one. And um, 
So, but yeah, a lot of it is improvisation because um, something I've learned a lot from Anthony, uh, I remember like one session when I was learning how to transition and mix, I remember I did something wrong. Like I just, you know, didn't bring a bass in at the four count and like took it out. Just something like uh, what I assumed was really wrong. And he was like, do that again. And then I was, I was like, what? And then he's like, no, 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 do it again. And then he just like did some like really funky shit with it. And I was like, oh shit, there, you can't fuck up. <laughs> you just, it's no fucking up, it's music. You can just uh, do whatever you want, you know? And so um, that's, you know, a big part of just like what happens live and having him by my side. It's just like, oh, we're not going to mix up. We're going to make a new song out of this. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I love that. I hear you both playing around with like a lot of looping with vocals, melodies, um, you know, different beat patterns. And I absolutely love that. Um, but you mentioned something about like, yeah, you can't fuck up. Um, and yeah, I mean, you guys really just really have that element in your sets. Uh, and I've seen you two play on multiple occasions now. Actually, me and you, Kyra, we played uh, at Public Records not too long ago, and you were just phenomenal. You walked into the booth. I remember you took your shoes off. <laughs> <laughs> you got comfortable like it was your house and threw down. And I just want to let you guys know, and I get emotional just thinking about it, watching you two at such a young age traveling around and really carrying the torch and the history of uh, black music and techno house music electronic music is so important uh, because as you know there's a lot of erasure that goes on and you know our presence uh tends to be erased from from music and, and and the roots of this thing so it's incredible to watch you both do what you do and yeah really carrying the torch for for all of us yeah, um, and, and i just want to take a minute and say likewise um you know, I think what inspires me the most is our scene and seeing DJs like you, Shannon. Like, I can recall the first set I saw of you and just, just my mind was blown. And I was like, who is playing and what is going on? And a lot of what I think we both get our inspiration from is just this community aspect and seeing, you know, I think we have a lot of privilege in New York to see a lot of different um backgrounds of people who get to be on lineups mm -hmm. and that just also adds a sauce in the music too mm -hmm. and uh it's you know every dj has inspired us to, to kind of keep doing what we're doing too it's like we couldn't we definitely wouldn't feel comfortable or accepted or it would be that much harder if we didn't have like people like you as well helping to carry the torch too so oh. yeah <laughs> thank y'all so much um, you know, Kyra, I just want to stay with you for a quick second. I'm always just so thrilled um, looking at your social media and Twitter because you're just absolutely positive. Um, and you, I think you put something up on Twitter not too long ago saying something to the effect of, you know, I know that some people kind of like to move in silence, but I'm actually going to celebrate my wins. I'm going to, you know, post up the pictures from my shows. I'm going to let you know that I'm out here and I'm proud of what I'm doing. And that's something that I'm trying to get comfortable with myself is just really letting people know that I'm doing a podcast or DJing or whatever have you for that matter. So thank you. And thank you too, Anthony as well. Yeah. I really try with my social medias. Thank you. Yeah. I really try with my social medias to, uh, be uplifting there's a lot of I've always just sort of been that way even like I've gone through a lot of shit in my life and I've always kind of had this positive outlook or going towards the light has been a big thing for me my entire life and so I try to do that with my social medias and I try to make it I mean to some degree I try to make it look accessible I want people to feel that um anyone who puts their heart and soul into something can possibly do it. And even if you can't do it, at least, goddamn, at least you fucking tried. And, um, <laughs> and that's sort of how I feel about that. And I think, uh, you know, the world is a crazy place and I could be complaining, but I'll save that for Anthony in my home. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just trying to put, um, a little bit of joy out there. You never know. Like I had this guy in my class said that, you know, if someone does something you like, someone does something kind, something that makes you feel good, you should let them know and give that positive feedback. And I think we're really quick to um, point out all the things that's going wrong. And we're not so quick to point out all the things that are going 
right and well. And I think that um, that energy can be really useful for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, Anthony, I want to turn to you for a quick second, because when things were semi going back to normal in 2021, um, the callers off of Sorry Records really just welcomed, beckoned me back to the dance floor. You know, I heard the track played so many different places from mood ring, mood ring nowadays. And it's just something about that acid, that like thrashing beat that goes in and out from the song. Um, just thank you. Thank you for really just uh, inviting us back to the dance floor in such a perfect way. Can you tell me a little bit about the inspiration behind uh, that EP? Um, well, first, thank you for for listening to the track at all. That's all. That's like that's like the main thing. Thank you so much <laughs> um, for that EP for um, the callers with the Jada Lorraine remix, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of like the inspiration for like the way the track came together is around this time there was a um, uh, there was a public access radio show from Texas from Austin back in like 1996 or 2000, whatever. And there was a clip of this, um, this like goth girl, her name is Tiffy. And um, <laughs> she was just, she would, she would take the calls, right? And it would always just be like stupid men saying dumb shit or like people <laughs> hating on her. And the way that she just let that roll off her back and like would just come in with the quick snaps and be like, okay, like who gives a shit? Like da 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 da. Um, so I love that like attitude and it just like reminded me of just like acid and like all the shit that's been going wrong, you know, like in the world and stuff like that. Just like kind of letting it roll off your back, like not really taking it lying down, but just like going in there and like, you know, still going hard at everything. Um, uh, that's kind of where the inspiration came for. And that's what I love about acid music in general is just, you can do a lot of things with it. Like you can, you can have like a fun, happy acid line. You have a really dark acid line. You could have a really slow, melodic um, acid line. You could have a dark, slow, melodic acid line. You, you, <laughs> you can do a lot of things depending on um, what you think you can do with it. And it's like definitely one of my favorite iterations of uh, dance music. Um, but yeah, definitely. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, I love it. Um, there's also two other songs that I absolutely adore of yours, uh, Shake It and Um. Shake, uh, Um, it just came out recently, yeah? So, uh, yeah, so Um came out off of, uh, Balkan Vinyl. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and then Shake It came out on, uh, Sorry Records. They were both made around the same time, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just that Um came out basically like a year later like it came out a year later because of you know test pressing and all this vinyl stuff and then shake it was just strictly uh digital but it's funny to me how different like that ep the sorry records ep mm-hmm. and the ep that just came out are but yet they're still kind of like they're kind of like sisters in a, in a, in a way um because i made them both at the same time but they both have different energies i would say yeah. um the inspiration for Shake It is like just dancing. Just like I wanted to make something that would make you dance and like go hard. Um, and then um is just because I do a lot of vocals in my tracks. Yeah, are those your really vocals just, too? Huh? Oh yeah, all of them. Yeah, everything is my my vocals. Wow. Yeah, and uh, I just didn't know what to say. So, you know, <laughs> I would just be sitting there like trying to come up with something in my head, and I would just be like, uh, and I was like, why don't I just fucking put that in there and see if I can do something with it. Um, so yeah, it was like very much centered around that vocal and seeing how I could like work around it and stretch around it and do the acid line around the vocal. And, you know, a lot of it is like just some experimentation with just like rhythm and, Mm -hmm. uh, vocals and stuff like that. And I've always wanted to put my vocals on a track before and I had been trying for the longest time. Um, and I couldn't do it with trap because I can't rap. Couldn't do it with hip hop because like, I can't rap. Um, but it worked really well with house and techno and acid, um, especially like listening to the history of it. Um, you know, like Future and um, 
AUX88, specifically AUX88, or AUX88. Um, and like um, um, Drexia, a lot of people who would put their own vocals on these tracks, and like Mike Dunn too, and um, Paul Johnson. But yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure uh, Kay Hand also has some, some tracks with her vocals on them too. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, and like it, the cool thing about it is the vocals don't necessarily need to be recorded well, and it adds this like layer of like grittiness to um, the music to it that like it's like it, it was um, I don't know it's just like it's like pure creativity to me, to me it's like you didn't think too much about it and yet it's like flowing really well and it's like in there and it's your voice and like maybe it's a little dusty but it adds character to the to the song um i love that shit so that's mm-hmm. that's like some shit that i really love and you know sometimes it's like sometimes the vocals are even like a little offbeat and it like adds it just adds like a real human element to an otherwise like um more or less mechanic genre of music like yeah. m- music made with machines mm-hmm. but yeah, let's Oh, I was just about to say that something that someone was just telling me about you and me, Anthony, was that there's a humanness that comes out because the genre is really mechanic. And there was also just this wave of it being very precise because like people wanted to mimic AI and computers. And uh, now in this like, in this way where every, in this world where everything is very perfect and very precise and very curated, there's like a humanness that comes through in your music. And I would say in our sets that people really uh, vibe with. Mm. Yeah, no, exactly. Like that's, that's, it's, it's, it's weird how something so, yeah, mechanic can sound so human. And so you can tell who made it, you can tell what's going on, you can tell the emotion. Um, Stuff like that is really cool. That's, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I was curious because, like, I know you tend to have a lot of, like, pitch down vocals, but I didn't know if it was sampled or if it was actually your vocals. But Oh, it's, it's me, too. yeah, talking into my <laughs> iPhone and then just, like, pitching it down. <laughs> into the yeah. iPhone? Really? Yeah, the iPhone, yeah. Wow. That's super damn cool. <laughs> wow, that's really, really interesting. Um, speaking about the kind of human dynamic, at the Knockdown Center for Whitelist Festival, I had a chance to chat a little bit to DJ Stingray before he went on, and he was also saying the same thing. And I got to see him behind the mask, without the mask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, um, we love him. <laughs> we love his yeah, Uncle Stingray. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, you know what? It's un- Uncle Stingray is right. It really felt like you were talking, like I was talking to my uncle. <laughs> <laughs> So encouraging. Um, and yeah, super cool. But yeah, I could literally sit here and talk to you guys all day. But, you know, I want to end off on this. Um, what is the future for Kyra and witchcraft? <laughs> well, I mean, the first thing is the name. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> we're doing um, our last show as Kyra B2B Witchcraft or Witchcraft B2B Kyra. This August um, in Berlin, um, because we're playing RSO, their in-house festival there. And so that's sort of the last time we are going as B2B because, you know, at this point, it's not a B2B. It's a collaboration. It's a it's a thing. (laughs) Um, So. uh, um so the name is changing to madness of and that's sort of what we called our tour dates this summer like the madness of Chiron witchcraft and so uh that's sort of the first thing kind of getting you know sort of rebranding and getting the name out as um you know this is a, like a techno duo thing at this point so that transition um is both you know it's kind of it's like bittersweet because it's like it's it's just I don't know it's really cute this year of just being Kyra and witchcraft and knowing it as that so but it's also just really exciting because I think the name also just encompasses what we're doing during our our sets um it's really trying to uh you know create some sort of upset into in people's heads and having people it, more than dancing sometimes i just want people to be like what the fuck is going on <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like what's going on in our sets 
gradually became more, I would say, avant-garde in a lot of ways, even since Knockdown Centered. Like, before the last um, month of July, where we've been doing these dates out of um, New York and out of the country, even I have been like, what's going on up I don't know what's going on. It just feels really crazy, the music. So I think that's also a big thing for me is just seeing how far we could push it to. Um, I think sometimes people feel limited by, um, you know, you're just transitioning songs in and out, but there are so many buttons on that thing. There's so many things your hands can do. Um, You know, there's so many just being really open to learning more and learning more from each other and other artists is really important. yeah, Anthony, you have other stuff to add? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's like the main thing is like uh, the the merger. <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think we can like soft say, you know, we're we've also like we're getting signed <laughs> to an agency. <Yeah. laughs> I don't know how like when we can say it exactly, but I think we can kind of allude to it. Um, I think we could say it because by the time this comes out, we'll be like, right. Yeah, I think I it's think. starting because it is happening like right now. So we are, you can <laughs> yeah. say, you say it. <laughs> yeah, so we, so we signed with the uh, Surefire Agency. Awesome. So we're going to be, um, we're going to be everywhere soon enough. <laughs> you won't be able to get rid of us. Yeah. Oh Together and separately, you won't be able to get rid of us. <laughs> oh, this is so awesome. So wait, before this, you both were just booking all these dates by yourself. No agency at all. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We just, <laughs> we just put ourselves out there because, um, you know, we're both big on internet friends. And so we have a lot of internet friends that aren't from New York. And uh Someone wanted to book us in Iowa. Her name is uh, Angelia, and she, <laughs> you know, she's from Iowa, caught wind of us, and she was like, hey, I want you to come to Iowa. And then at first, you were like, no, like, never heard of it. And then after, when I looked on a map, I actually got a U.S. map, I was like, oh, it's near Chicago, Detroit, you know, it's, you know, I was like, oh, it's in the Midwest. I get it. And so I was like, why not? And so, but then that kind of gave us the idea. I was like, wait, if someone from Iowa wants us, we should keep, we should try more, you know, this summer. And so we just sort of booked ourselves around and uh, that really caught the eye of our agency who uh, knew about us beforehand and were already just sort of scouting us. Yeah. And Ari so- was the brains behind all of that, though. She did so much work and she did so much shit in finding us these dates and everything. She's being modest right now, but she did so much incredible work. Like, no, I don't think any of this would be happening if it wasn't for Kyra doing that work during this tour, um, specifically. (laughs) (laughs) That is so cute. You know what? I actually have one more question before I let you go. What has been the best, like, if you could rank it, what has been the best show that you've done so far on tour? I feel like it would have to be like we would have to each say like our favorite. Like yeah, I don't know what do you you go first. <laughs> no, I was gonna say you go first. Um... Okay, for me it's like a tie between Philly, which was the first show, and Toronto, which mm-hmm. I really I had a great time at Toronto, and then Boston was also amazing too. That, that's half of them. I know. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they all taught us a lot about ourselves. Because yeah. by the time this summer hit, like, we were just, like, mixing differently. And so we also had a, like, that, this month we've learned a lot about each other in, like, a really good way. Like, sometimes you think you know everything about a person. And then um, you do art with them. And, like, there have been like, sh- like there was like one show where we were like not on the same page because I'm like doing three decks now. So I'm like picking over and Anthony's like looking for the perfect song and doing something fucking weird for like three and a half minutes. And I'm like, and we're just like, <laughs> we're just like, oh my, you know, and we've had to like communicate. Like now you'll see behind the decks, like we are like talking so much through, like that's also how the magic is happening. Like it's very collaborative. Like we're talking throughout the whole set about like what's going on and what the person needs to do and what's, what's happening. Um, so I feel like each of these dates like have had our, like has had its own little flavor. Yeah. And um, I mean, I love the infra Boston set. 
Yeah. It was in the daytime, and it was really nice to have, like, hard techno in the daytime. Um, And so I would say that one, but the Philly one was fucking crazy, and there were only, like, 20, 30 people there, and they, we were... Crashing. That was fucking insane. It was just yeah. like, was sweating. I think we hit like almost like 160 BPM. And like no, no one, none of us knew we were going to do that. And it was just really crazy. That was insane. We turned that place upside down for sure. I mean, the tour has been great, but the Good Room set, that, I think that was my favorite set of the summer. Yeah, that's like, yes, that's my favorite set of the summer. That was like a culmination of all the shows that all we had done. All the shows. Like, everything, the communication was perfect, the songs were perfect, and you could feel it in the air. It was absolutely insane. Yeah, that was my, that was my favorite one. Um, but I love traveling with you. Yeah, we also never traveled together. This has been our first time traveling together. That has been really great. So all of it, just all of it has been fucking awesome. Hell yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm so happy for you too. Honestly, I can't wait to see what else happens. The future is absolutely fucking bright for both of you. And I can't wait to see where you go next. So yes, keep me posted and send lots of photos when you get ready to go back out to Berlin. I'm so excited. Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah, we will. Yeah. Oh my God. Hey, what's up? Hey, what do you think of the videos? Oh, it's pretty tight. Well, what's up with you? Not much. <laughs> okay. Raw time. Hello? We're coming out of the interview between me and Kyra and Witchcraft. So special and absolutely excited to see what the future holds for these two. Um, and so cute that um, Witchcraft, whose real name is Anthony, uh, his family made a couple of <laughs> cute little appearances in the podcast. I decided to keep that in because it's just so sweet that, um, you know, he has his support and his tribe around him as he continues to do his thing in the music world and Kyra as well. So really happy to have a chance to speak to them and yeah we will be back with another episode i know i actually said the wrong the wrong date on the last episode so my apologies but we will be back with a new episode on august 19th okay every other week and you can support the show on patreon if you'd like that's patreon.com slash club management one thank you so much and until next time